previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. What fictional character do you wish you could meet? Boy, you know, I'm just, I'm sitting here, Roxy, you've colored my judgment. I, I really want to meet Marge Gunderson from the movie Fargo <laughs> because of you. Because she's, of me? She's an amazing detective doing all of it nine months pregnant. That's right. I forgot about really that. Really supportive husband at home. Yep. A duck stamp painter. I want to meet Margie. That's a good answer. Okay. Yeah, you betcha. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. On the WTFC Podcast Network. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Hey, Littles. Littles. Roxy. Yeah, Chuck. Guess where I am? Um, somewhere in the Midwest? Well, that's not technically wrong. I am in Eau Claire. Like oh, Eau Claire, Claire. <laughs> Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Do you know how I know that? How? Because we probably got about 10 emails about it. Yep. On how it's that pronounced. Tracks. But I'm just picking this one because we've been a little late on this, a little bit. Okay, so we heard from Steve Osbolt, episode two. He says it's pronounced Eau Claire. Madison is about 75 to 90 minutes west of us. Uh, now, like I said, we got a, a bunch of emails regarding the pronunciation of where Chuck is right now. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to use this one because, you know, we've been delayed on this. As I said, I've been meaning to do this for like the last three episodes. We just wanted to remind everyone about Oz's barbecue sauce. Okay. Yes. And I did confirm with him that he is still doing that special for Littles. So you don't even have to use our code. Okay. Just get in touch with Oz. And that's at emeraldcitycatering.com. And remember, if you buy three bottles of his barbecue sauce, you get one free. So that's for littles only. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I love a BOGO. What? I love a BOGO. Now, the whole thing will cost you about 40 bucks because he's got to pay for shipping and all that stuff. And as we know, as I've said many times, the shipping costs is what costs us the most money on things we do Mm -hmm. here at the podcast. So, but it's still a good deal. Buy three, get one free for littles only. Just you know, let him know you're a little. And uh, he has different varieties, different choices. Uh, as I said a couple episodes ago, that is the main reason I bid on those baskets at Jingle Fest. Oh, yeah. And we were lucky enough to uh, win one of the baskets. And we've got two bottles of his barbecue sauce in there. So that was great. All right, Roxy, let's get to some apologies. Uh-oh. Okay? Well, okay. first of all, we're apologizing to all the listeners because who knows what this is sounding like. That's all I'm yes. going to say. Uh, yes. I'm, I've got most of the podcast equipment with me here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And Eau Claire. Eau Claire. <laughs> I love that now. And we're trying to do a makeshift thing here. You know, Roxy's back in the Big Apple. And it's never easy when we're apart, Chuck. Yeah. Let's face it. Oh, we have to always be together. <laughs> Absolutely. And so that's the first apology. The second one is I'm going to have to throw Roxy under the bus here. Uh, oh. It's a formal apology to Greg Sharamita. Now, Here's the thing. When we usually do these, the, one of the things Roxy can usually do for me right before we usually record, <laughs> and I even said to you last time, I said, gosh, how do you do this so quickly? I'll rip off some names and she'll be like, okay, episode this, episode that, episode that. And I'll mm-hmm. be like, wow, you do this so well, you know? <laughs> well, we heard from Greg Sharamita and it just says 179, it's 154. So now Oops. I don't know if we're supposed to actually apologize to him or should we be apologizing to greg smallwood who is actually episode 179 (laughs) so anyway they both get an apology but sorry to both of them 
Here's the thing. We're going to try to make it up to Greg here a little bit. Now, this is there's kind of a story here. As most of you know, uh, Mr. Sheremita, uh, excuse me, episode 154, is usually good for more than one just dad joke here and there. Okay? Mm-hmm. So he sent us a bunch of dad jokes last time. We read a few of them. And Chuck got together with our producer, Lewis, and thought, let's have some fun with this. He sent one, actually, with a whole dialogue between Shad from DC and Chuck. So I was trying to surprise him and we had to switch it up a little bit, but we're going to roll the tape. Hey, hey, Chuck, this is uh, Shad from DC, uh, you know, number 22. And I got a, I got a knock, knock joke for you. You want to hear it? Absolutely. All right, here we go. Knock, knock. Who's there? Hike. Hike who? The idiot host. I wait here holding my breath. Trap is set. And boom. Ha ha ha. Nice. There you go, man. All right. So how about that? Thank you, Shad and DC, for you know coming on and doing that. Like I said, <laughs> I was trying to do a nice surprise for Greg as an apology, and it turned into that, which is great. But yeah. anyway. Yeah. All right, Roxy, before we get to our great Meet the Littles guest today, I wanted to I don't know how to approach this, but something snuck up on me. Okay, basically. I've been saving, we're going to do a couple need-to-know facts, okay? Yes. But Mm -hmm. they're pertaining to something, and I thought, oh, you know what? I'm going to wait for this event to happen before Mm -hmm. we do these, because it'll make sense, and Uh you'll understand why in a second, okay? But I was like, I even said to you, I said, you know what? We're going to wait till Wimbledon. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I went to look, when, when does Wimbledon start? It's already started. It's happening now. Yes, and I just, I can't believe I completely missed it. And to say it snuck up on me is putting it mildly. But, you know, I was thinking about that. You know, when I was a kid, you know, we only had three, maybe four channels on the TV. So, you mm-hmm. know, they would air Wimbledon on, all day. You had to watch Wimbledon, you know, if you were a kid yeah. in, during the summer. So yeah. this came out of nowhere. I couldn't believe it. So I'm like kind of bummed that I missed, <laughs> you know, I, at least I didn't miss the, the closing rounds. And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. anyway, so these need to know facts. They were tennis related. So I was like, oh, I can't wait to, you know, use these when I figured when the tournament started. So I was like, well, yeah, it's already gone. So uh, you want to go first? You go first. Sure. All right. This one, the headline is tennis was originally played with bare hands. While tennis is now one of the biggest and most watched international sports in the world, it used to not even use the signature racket it is now known for. Historians believe that tennis was first invented in 12th century France, where monks would play the game to keep themselves busy. The sport looked a little different than it does today. The biggest difference is that players would use their hands as rackets. They would strike the ball over a net with the palm of their hand, giving the sport its first name. Game of the Palm. Interesting. Okay, but isn't that just handball? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, don't we have handball? That's a sport, right? Maybe. I don't know. I don't really follow handball, but maybe handball is you can catch it, whereas tennis, you have to actually swat at it. You can't catch it. No. You know what I mean? Well, look, I don't follow handball either, but I'm pretty sure you can't catch the ball in handball either. So I well, think then, they yeah, just play the it like in an indoor or an outdoor court and they play mm-hmm. it against a wall. So I guess maybe that would be the big difference is you're both on the same side oh, of the maybe. quote net, I guess is how you would say maybe. it. Maybe. Mm-hmm. So I get that it's a different game, but okay. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I mean, guess this reminds me of baseball. I was just going to say baseball. that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, how they ne- didn't play with gloves. I'm assuming yeah, that's what you right. mean. Not the, the yes. <laughs> you didn't mean they hit the ball with their hands, but <laughs> right, no. right, exactly. No, I get it. All right. Well, we have another one. This one I think is very interesting. The longest point in tennis history took 29 minutes. Whoa. Now think about that. Okay. It says tennis is a game of points, not time. Unlike sports like basketball and soccer, the game does not end at a time limit, but rather when a certain score is reached. That did not work in Vicki Nelson and Gene Hepner's favor in their match in 1984. That's, I can't believe I don't, I don't remember this or wow. remember hearing about it because I was, well, what? I'll do the math. I was 11. Hepner and Nelson played a single point for 29 minutes, hitting the tennis ball back and forth a total of 643 times. Holy cow. This is by far the longest time it took to score a single point in tennis history. Now, how how cool is that? I do not remember that. That's very cool. And I'm shocked I don't remember that. I'm shocked that I can't remember if I ever saw that like on PTI, like this day in history, you know? Mm -hmm. Wow. That's amazing. That's incredible. 29 minutes playing a single point. I just don't understand how that's even possible. Yeah. You know, we'll have I mean, to see. Maybe it's on YouTube. I mean, I could see a, a casual couple just volleying for 29 yeah. minutes. That I could see. Right. But if this was a tennis tournament and they're like hardcore yeah. going at it back and forth, that's amazing. But yeah, that's anyway. wild. All right, Roxy, let's get to our Meet the Littles guest. Okay, let's do it. Great number. 246. Yeah. 246. That's a good number. Yeah, it is. And someone we're going to have a lot in common and a lot to talk about. And someone we also have already met. Yeah. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. Hi, this is Wes Blackburn from Tallahassee, Florida. And you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. played in this episode by an artist called Jake Willis and this song is called No One Left in My Hometown now if you like what you hear you can find all Jake's stuff on Spotify and you can just head on over there and search Jake Willis that's J-A-K-E-W-I-L-L-I-S he's also on Instagram at the Jake Willis so give him a follow over there and as always we will play the full song no one left in my hometown at the end of the podcast. All right, all you loyal littles, it's now time to meet the littles. And Roxy, Chuck. another one we are 
already gotten to meet. Yes. This was great. This was from Jingle Fest. So yep. it's been a little while, mm-hmm. but we, we got him. We got him on the podcast. Please welcome to the podcast, Toby Clark. Hey, Toby, how's it going? It's going great. Thank you very much. Great to be with you, too. Excellent. What a great. fun time we had at Jingle Fest. Absolutely. It was awesome. Yes. And that, that's, I got to be honest, Roxy, that's one of the coolest things about Jingle Fest is, so we get to meet new people. Now, I have to say, and I don't think we've ever brought this up yet. The coolest thing was that the Mingle Fest, I think there was two people there that didn't have a Chuck and Roxy number. That was it. <laughs> that was it. So <laughs> last year, what made it fun was I was like, oh, you, 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 here's a card, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Email the sh- You're coming there on the podcast. There were so many more last right. year. Right. Yes. I mean, so but, words get around, but yet it was kind of exciting to be able to say, wow, look around like, yeah, all of these people have been on our, and actually yeah. one of them was Sydney's cousin Yeah, <laughs> and he's not really a little, right. he's kind of an honorary little right. now. So that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And we haven't really talked about that yet. Yeah. And, and then to meet new people at Jingle Fest. Yeah. Too. And then there was probably about four or five and that yeah. was it. Mm-hmm. That's what was really cool. So Toby, you are one of those lucky people. And we appreciate it because you had a friend come on at Mr. Episode 234, and that's how we kind of got connected. But we're going to find all about that. So why don't we take it back? Introduce yourself to all the loyal littles. Tell us a little something about yourself. Yeah, great. My name is Toby Clark, and I currently live in Washington, D.C., down southwest, just uh, about a mile away from the Nats Park. And uh, I was born in Frankfurt, Germany, and lived there for about seven years. Definitely my first school language was German. And then I moved to Princeton, New Jersey, uh, where we we went there primarily for the schools. But uh, my father was working for an advertising agency in New York City. And so we spent a ton of time in New York City doing all the kinds of things you do in New York City. And uh, eventually I went, got a Bachelor of Fine Arts at Denison University in Ohio. And I ended up meeting my wife and having three children in Juneau, Alaska, And uh, I spent about 14 years in Alaska, and then I moved to D.C. I've literally been involved in the performing arts since I was a baby. My my mom and dad were in community theater in Frankfurt, and they would bring me to rehearsals uh, when I was, you know, a babe in arms and stick me in a little carrier between the rows of seats, and I would sit there for rehearsals and sleep through them. So I've been in the arts my entire life, one way or another. I performed and I've been on the technical side. I probably made my living more on the technical side and more in education, but I've been a singer all my life too. And uh, and I've made appearances on stage several times in some memorable performances. So uh, that's kind of an introduction to me. And we will now have nothing to talk about. Um, (laughs) Wow. That's so much. I'm like, can I buy a vowel? Because I lost, I didn't lose track. I was jotting it all down. Let's start with what were your parents doing in Frankfurt, Germany, where you were born? Well, my father uh, was working for a company called J. Walter Thompson in New York, and he and uh, my mother got married. They're both from Connecticut. My mom was technically born in New York, I think, but she lived in Connecticut, too. And they finally decided they were tired of New York and wanted something different, so they applied for a transfer Uh, J. Walter Thompson was a global company, and they were pretty flexible. They asked not to be transferred to South Africa or Germany. Of course, as Murphy dictates all the time, they got a transfer to Germany, (laughs) so they moved to Frankfurt. And at that point, they were just a couple, and they lived there for about nine years, and I showed up about three years into it, and then 
my brother came along about four years later. Yeah, we, we lived there and he was working uh, in advertising. Okay. So now real quick now, when they applied for the transfer, is it automatic? Like you can't say no or they could? I wasn't born yet, so yeah, I don't, so don't really exactly know how the interests go. But I think the gist of it is like a lot of the world was different back in the 60s. And sure. so when you wanted to go somewhere, they said, here's what's available. And you kind of jumped at it. It wasn't like other opportunities were there for the taking. Right. So right. I, I sure. think that's kind of how it went. It was like this was the one thing you do. And right. so they went and did it. Um, wow. I don't think they had anything specific against Germany. Sure. I just think that of the places they were looking at, and, and again, I, I haven't really asked that. I, I should ask my mom, you know, what what were the options that you wanted to do? Yeah. Um, but yeah. but they ended up in a great place in Frankfurt because they immediately connected with a the community theater. They were learning the language and figuring out the language, and my mom would pull me aside whenever I got home from school and ask me to help her practice German, which, of course, was the last thing I wanted to do. <laughs> I just wanted to speak English and right. do my thing, but I would spend some time helping her with her German, and I lived there for seven years. That's so that, funny. So. There's an episode, I'm not going to go into it because I've gone into it on the podcast, about Chuck trying to show off in his freshman year in college at a liberal arts college thinking after three years or four years of Spanish in high school, oh, no, 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 I have to sing in German, so I'm going to take a new language. I'm going to learn German. And, oh, my God, what a disaster that was. <laughs> I think I lasted two days. Two days. Yeah. yeah. And Well, it's, it's true, right? I, I mean, the same way. I spoke it. So for me, it was conversational. I went to school in that language, so I thought, when I got to college, no problem. I'm going to take this language. It'll be a breeze. Right. Yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't learn one bit of grammar. Yeah. Like how much grammar do you really know when you're yeah. seven years old? Yeah, right. Well, so, hello. Um, I sing, yeah. and I have no idea what I'm saying. Right. Like, do be stop lead my land das für ne I I know the. Wow. I can rip it off. Yeah, I have no idea what I just said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, okay, so let's move on. So then you went to Princeton, just so you know. I was paying attention. Uh huh. All right, but then yeah. let's talk about college. Now, where it, did you say? Denon? Where in where in Ohio again? Denison, Denison. Okay. is a liberal arts school, which at the time, back in the 80s, was a new thing and kind of a buzz thing. You know, everybody wanted to go to a liberal arts yep. college and uh, everybody wanted to study every subject because we thought if you knew every subject, you know, you would be a better person. Oh, sure. More um, well-rounded. And, yep. Yeah, exactly. Turns out Granville is this little gem of a New England town dropped into the middle of Ohio. Oh, okay, it, I was going to say, is this a Wilbon yeah. Midwest thing? Because like, that ain't New England, but okay. No, no, it is not. And But the trees turn colors, and there's a beautiful fall there, and uh, we get snow in the winter, and the university is majestically located on the top of a hill. We call it the nipple of knowledge. And it's it was just a great spot, you know, and I ended up having a great time there for four years studying theater, when I was choosing colleges, I actually applied to Northwestern and was waitlisted there. That was kind of my number one choice, and I didn't get in. But in the end, it didn't matter because Denison was calling me. They were calling me and saying, we want you to come here. What questions do you have? Do you want to come have a student visit? We have a job for you. You know, they were recruiting me yeah. uh, heavily. And then, you know, one day, one of my good friends uh, who I was working with at a grocery store said, yeah. I accepted Denison today, and that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. And I, I jumped in my car during my 15-minute break and drove home and got the letter and checked the box that I was going to go to Denison and sent it in before anybody knew. And I, I was a big fish in a little pond, which was awesome. 
you know, yeah. it was awesome for me to have that opportunity in that program. And it's definitely molded who I am today. Sure. Yeah. I, and I had the exact, exact same experience. Exactly. And so I totally get it. Liberal arts college, small, big fish, small pond. They recruited me. Yeah. Except the bad thing for me was they recruited me for the opera program, which I hated opera, but that's okay. I still love the school and degree was music education. So, and you know, with theater, so it was fine. All right now. So, and you, you kind of rambled through it. Now, what was your exact major? Was it a B bachelor arts in theater? In technical theater and design. Gotcha. Okay. You know, I mean, again, I was basically, I knew that technical theater was what I wanted to do, you know, from the very beginning. I started in middle school, actually doing it. I started getting paid in high school to, designed for other high schools. Uh, I played hooky from high school to go over to McCarter Theater and do work calls and get paid there. You know, I really just was kind of my destiny. And at one point, 20 years later, my father just sort of pulled me aside one day and just said he was so envious of me and what I had done with my life because I had followed my dream Mm. and stayed in theater and made a career of it. And he grew up in a different place where you were meant to be a provider. And in order to be a provider, you had to get a real job. And he had no complaints, but he wasn't able to kind of follow his dream the way I had. And he really respected me and and loved that about choices I made. And by that point, I was married to an amazing woman and I had three children. And really, he saw that I could do both. I could have a life and have a family and be in the arts. And that was an amazing thing. So yeah, it was great. I did make the mistake as a freshman at Denison of thinking that in my interest of being a well-rounded person and getting my liberal arts education, I would try to audition for a play Mm -hmm. just to see what it's like to be in an audition. never occurred to me I would actually get into a play. That was not part of the plan, but I auditioned for Barry Child as a first-semester freshman, and I got double cast with a senior, which was both a blessing and a nightmare because... Of course, there was a lot of pressure being an underclassman with a senior in the same role, and there was a lot of tension around that. But in the end, it was uh, it was an amazing experience, and it kind of, again, it just has allowed me to do really part of what you do, Chuck, which is you operate on both sides, or yeah. you have operated on both yeah. sides. Yep. And I, I love that. And so, you know, I've had some amazing roles over the years. I played the voice of the plant in Little Shop of nice. Horrors at one point. Wow. I did Jesus and God spell. And, uh, you know, I've done some cool things on stage, um, but really I made my bread and butter backstage. Right. That was so funny. And I know I've told this story too, so maybe I'll wait and tell you off air. But we almost had the same exact experience with the straight play. I've done one in my life, except my experience was hell. So I did not have a very good experience. <laughs> and I swore I would never do another one again. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad because later in life, I felt like it deterred me from going to see straight plays, especially here in New York. I have not seen a straight play. I, I'm telling you, I, it took me forever to go see one. And yeah. I, I'm going to say I've seen, let's say, eight. Okay. And I'm going to say at least seven of those I loved. Yeah. Like, I have no... I'm so glad I did it. Like, I'm trying to think of what one. There Maybe one. I maybe speed the plow because... I went specifically to see the, there was stunt cast, you know, they cast the, the movie stars and it was uh, William H. Macy and I really wanted to see him yeah. and he was great, but the show itself was just like, mm-hmm. eh, okay. But all the other ones, I mean, I've seen some really big ones and even with stars and without names and I've loved it. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm so angry that that one experience, my, what was my sophomore or junior and junior year in high school and absolutely hated it. 
because I just didn't even want to be involved in the play. And mm-hmm. it's yeah. a, I'll tell you off yeah. air. I, I'm sure I told that story on the podcast before. Uh, well, that, that always gets tricky when we're doing these interviews because, you know, you want to have a conversation and you're like, oh, I know the listeners have heard that story a bazillion times. Right. Did you hear that I was at Jeter's three? No, I'm just kidding. So <laughs> let's move to uh, Juneau, Alaska. How did that happen? Yeah. So I was living with my uncle in, in a small town called Orinda, California, which is outside of San Francisco. I was trying to break into the freelance theater world out there and uh, doing what many of us theater people do, waiting tables on the side to uh, <laughs> make some money. Uh, luckily, I had free housing for my uncle, so cost of living was pretty low. But uh, my mom got a letter from uh, Perseverance Theater in Alaska saying they were looking for a production manager, master electrician, but they didn't want to go down and advertise down the mainstream channels because they were looking for a different kind of person. They were looking for somebody who was willing to come and be part of the Perseverance family and part of their community. It was what I what I call lovingly a professional community theater. We paid people for sure, but we also depended on the backs of volunteers to get a lot of the work done. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we thrived in that community. There were only about Juno is landlocked, so you can't drive there. You can only get there by plane or boat. And there were about 25,000 people in Juno, so very small community and a very liberal community in what is definitely not a liberal state. And so we needed the community to be able to do the theater we did. Uh, Perseverance was an innovative theater by far and kind of led the country uh, in diversity and led the country in terms of welcoming indigenous and Native American uh, languages and stories into uh, into theater. And the artistic director, Molly Smith, who founded Perseverance Theater, she ended up as her next job being the artistic director of Arena Stage here in D.C. Oh, wow. And in fact, just retired yesterday. So after 25 years of being the artistic director here. But anyway, my mom said... I should apply and sound like kind of a job I would do. And I sent in my materials and said, sure, that sounds good. And didn't hear anything for three months. I got an interview, then didn't hear anything for three months. I kind of wrote it off and thought, I guess it didn't happen. No big deal. You know, I started applying for the cruise industry. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they called me and they said they wanted to offer me the job. And I was sort of shocked. And I said, I wasn't really prepared for this. Could I have some time? And they said, we'll give you 24 hours. <laughs> and I kind of thought that wasn't a lot of time to make this kind of a pack your bags and move to, you know, the frozen tundra of Alaska decision. So I really went and talked to my uncle who was there and he said, what? You had a job in Alaska? Why on earth would you move up there to that frozen wasteland? (laughs) And uh, so he was one very clear opinion. And then I called my parents who were living in New Jersey at that time. And I said, mom, dad, I got this job in Alaska. I don't really know what to do. I have less than a day to make the decision. And they were very clear the other way around. They said, you pack your bags and you move up there. They said, the lower 48 will be here. We're not going anywhere, but you're only going to get exactly one chance to uh, go up and work a job in Alaska like this. And if you don't like it, you just come back. How, How old were you at the time? 24? Oh, yeah. yeah. Come on. But, you know? You're a baby. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. It was, this was, I mean, I don't want to say it's my first job because that's not actually true, but yeah. definitely my first job of consequence where I, yeah, I mean, I stayed up there for 14 years. Yeah. So it was life changing. And now, now it's in my DNA. And I, I like to tell people, 
if going to Alaska is not on your bucket list, put it on there. Because Alaska is just one of those places in the world that is unlike any other place. And it's kind of hard to believe that that's part of our country, yeah. you know, because it's so different. Mm -hmm. And wow. we lived in a, in a house on the North Douglas Highway and it overlooked the channel and there was a dead tree out front. And it was a common occurrence for eagles to just bask on that tree for hours at a time. Wow. Yeah. It nice. was it was so common we didn't even think about it. Yeah. Right. But then we would have friends come visit from the lower 48, and they would immediately like flock to the window with their cameras taking pictures. And <laughs> I would forget that people aren't used to seeing yeah. mm -hmm. where bears and whales, eagles, like every day. Yeah. You know. It's kind of like so here in New York when we have tourists that flock to the squirrels in Central Park. Oh, my and gosh. <laughs> I think it's a little... It it's, has to be different no, than that. No, I'm telling Please you, it's like the same thing. it's different than that. Well, ironically... Oh, my gosh. Alaska's definitely on our list. It's the it only state I haven't been to yet, mm -hmm. so it's definitely on right. my list. Mm -hmm. Anita's waiting for us. Yep. And, you know, maybe we'll just give her a call now because we have to take a quick break. We've got so much more to get into, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with... Meet the Littles. This is the Loyal Littles Podcast with Chuck and Roxy. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And Roxy, we're lucky enough to have Toby here. Yes. Now, but we're going to hijack this interview for 30 seconds. Briefly. Very clean up, briefly. Clean up on aisle Roxy. Very briefly. Clean up on aisle Roxy. Bring them up. Roxy. Okay, I have seen in a conversation off air. She just goes. I have seen a straight play. I saw Peter Pan goes wrong which with we talk, Neil Patrick Harris, which we who talked I about. adore. But honestly, I think I don't know. I think I enjoyed it. Just I enjoyed that as if I was enjoying a musical. That I just didn't think of it as a. <laughs> well, probably because every time you walk into a theater, like on Broadway, it's always to see a musical. So you yes. just didn't even think about the fact that oh, they're not singing. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Right. All right. Just want to make so, sure. So yes, I have seen a straight play. Just one. We should see more. You know, there's a, yeah. Can I add a great story to this? Sure. There's a, I mean, it is your interview. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Molly Smith, who I mentioned before, was the artistic director of Perseverance when was hired there up in Alaska. And uh, she didn't really believe in musicals. Like, she just didn't see what the point was uh -huh. in musicals <laughs> and just didn't get them. And right. uh, then she got the job at Arena Stage, and she recrafted that theater to be about American voices. And then one morning she woke up and she went, oh my God, musicals are storytelling just like a straight play, only with music. Yeah. And she now, if you interview her 25 years later, says she is the queen of musical theater and that <laughs> she can't imagine uh, the world without musicals and that they're just, they add so much more of a dimension with dance and with music and the whole art that's there. My wife, Anita, you know, we used to, I used to be a light, well, I am a lighting designer, I didn't used to be, but she's a director and she would sit at home listening to the music, like the overtures and the musical interludes in these operas that we would work on together. And she would deconstruct the melodies and realize exactly what the composer meant when they wrote that in that particular moment of the show so that she could stage those moments and it was parallel to that music wow. and it was just it was so amazing to watch and she would do mm. it with the kids little lego figures on the models that we would bring home wow. and it was very it was very cool and very real and i would just close by saying musicals are every bit as important as non-musicals yeah. in the sense that they are storytelling 
with the added dimension of movement and music. Absolutely. Perfectly said. And now, speaking of musicals, someone we both look up to also likes musicals. How did you become a little? We haven't gotten into that How did I become a little? Yeah. Well, I moved here back in about 2005. My wife had moved in 2004. She came here to start a job at Arena Stage, but I stayed in Alaska for a semester so that our son could graduate high school. We didn't really want to kind of rip him out of high school in Mm -hmm. his senior year. And I didn't have a job when I came here, and we kind of made it my job to help the kids transition into schools. And so I did that, and then eventually... I needed a job, and I found a job at uh, the St. Albans School for Boys down on the cathedral grounds and the National Cathedral School. They're kind of a girl's school and a boy's school on either side of the National Cathedral. And I had a commute all of a sudden, and I was looking for, you know, entertainment on my commute, and I just stumbled on Sports Talk 980, and I started listening to Tony. And that was the point when he was doing a show at eight in the morning and then it was being rebroadcast at 10. And I frequently would just listen to both because I enjoyed it so much. And w- one of the real reasons that I enjoy it is because, like me, Tony isn't all about sports. You know, sports is obviously his breadwinner and he's no fool. He knows sports like nobody else that I've ever heard of. But when there's something, some topic du jour that he doesn't know about, he's not afraid to go there. Yeah. Whether it's movie reviews. And I just love the fact that his show goes there, Mm -hmm. that it's not all sports, that it's really kind of multitasking that way. And it represents real life more. And even his little life-isms that go on that are very funny, they are parallel to other people's lives. I tried to grow tomatoes here in D.C., and damn it, they get beautiful and red, and I'm so ready to pick them, (laughs) and then they are sitting on a brick wall with one bite out of them because the squirrel took them overnight, you know? (laughs) And I just live in that world, and so I really relate to that. And so uh, my golf is about the same as his, and there are so many, not real connections, but virtual connections with that show and with my kind of fandom and my lifedom that I have a missed show. I don't necessarily listen to them same day. Sometimes I play catch up, but it is absolutely where I get, I just sad to say this, but it's where I get my current events information. Oh, absolutely. Love it. Well, and it's funny because people make their opinions Mm -hmm. very known on certain Facebook groups. Yep. And I know I'd say it seems like 85 to 90% of his listeners don't like the politics talk. Right. I love the polit. I love it. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, this is how sad it is that that's really the only place I get my political talk because <laughs> I don't like politics. You know, I don't turn on CNN or whatever or mm-hmm. Fox, whatever, you know, whatever yeah. way you go. Right. But, you know, I don't do any of that stuff. And so, like, when he does have Chrysalis on or someone like Chuck that, Todd, yeah. I love it, mm-hmm. you know, because it's yeah. just enough. You right. know, it's, it's one yeah, segment. Exactly right. It's 15 minutes. Yeah. You, know, you can do anything for 15 minutes. Yes. And- yeah. And I agree with him in the versus sports stuff, too. It's like after the Super Bowl, there's a drought. What are we going to do now? Right. And it's like the depressing time of being a fan for me because I can't do basketball and hockey until it gets to the very end. And even at the very end, it's it's not my number one go to. And so there are just so many of the things that he does on the show from year to year that I relate to that it really just sort of feels like kind of listening to the family. In yeah, some ways. absolutely. And I yeah. love when a guest knows which direction I'm going because I did want to touch upon that briefly, but I do have a solution for that. Let's back up because the one thing that drives me insane is the hockey playoffs in June 
It makes no sense to me. They're always <laughs> saying how hockey, now I know a lot of our listeners won't agree with this, but they say, you know, hockey's one of the least favorite of the major sports. Yeah. And I'm like, so first of all, why are you trying to compete with the NBA? Which they seem to do fine, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know. But my biggest thing is if hockey would just figure out a way to start the playoffs literally like the week after the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. would get all the attention. Right. And it's yeah. cold outside. Yeah. You know, yep. it, we're in June. I'm not thinking hockey, ice, yeah. ice nope. hockey. And you're, then you're away from basketball. Yes. Which is right, right now, I didn't even realize that hockey finals were going on until game seven was such a landslide. And it's mm. like, oh, 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 whoops. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> um, but no, I, I 100% agree with you. Hockey could start in July. Yeah. Then from Thanksgiving to March. Well, and they could actually even start before the Super Bowl. Just obviously make sure there's no games on Super Bowl day or Super right. Bowl weekend right. even. Or, right. And then. You know, you just take that little break, but you know, and then you could have the finals. I mean, you would get the common fan or non-common fan like me, because I do actually like to watch playoff hockey occasionally. I don't really have a team, so it doesn't really matter. I just like the idea of the third period, next goal wins type of thing, you know, especially overtime. But yeah, I just never understood why they try to compete. And like I said, now I know it's not like that everywhere in the country, you know, where it's cold or hot and June, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Right. It just doesn't feel yeah, like ice yeah. hockey. So where, where is your, what's your favorite team? What's your favorite sport? Well, my favorite sport is football. And I'll segue this a little bit and say, I don't think football, at least the professional level is as exciting to go to as watching it on television. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I've been a Giants fan since we were in New Jersey. And, uh, you know, when you go to Alaska, there isn't really a yeah. professional sports up there. So you know, so I kind of just hung on to the Giants and rode the roller coaster ride that is that franchise. And when they talk about Eli Manning going to the Hall of Fame, it's really hard for me to imagine <laughs> that happening. But how can you argue with the fact that he won two Super Bowls? So it's, uh, you know, it's been a roller coaster ride for sure to be a fan of the Giants. When we moved here to DC, for all the popular reasons, I just couldn't be a fan. And it wasn't the franchise for me. And uh, ironically, I thought the football team was a much better name than what they have now, the Commanders. Oh, absolutely. But, yep, that yeah. seems um, to be the general consensus. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, well, Toby, we can't thank you enough for coming on to Meet the Littles. Now, as you know, we have some fun dumb questions for you. We hope that's okay. Yeah, please. All right, Roxy. All right, what do you think is the greatest invention of all time? I know some of the obvious ones are like slice of bread and wheel. <laughs> oh, I know a good one. It isn't my original one, but this will be great. I think the fork is a pretty darn good invention. The fork. Okay. Yes. Yeah, a that, fork. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, how do you feel about the spork? You know, I'm a big fan of, uh, <laughs> of a chef called Alton Brown who believes that unitaskers, things that only do one thing, are not so good. So definitely the spork. Yeah. Okay. And do two things more than one. So it definitely serves two functions. <laughs> if you turn the handle into a knife... You Whoa. might even have a whole new utensil wow. that's like, you that's know, four knife. Sir. Triple threat you, right there. You might be onto something. Oh, there you go. I don't know. Whoa. Should I take that out of the podcast so you can pursue that? Because <laughs> uh, you might be onto something. Otherwise, uh, so a listener might jump on it. Um, no, 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 go for it. Is go it weird it. that whenever I hear the spork or I think of a spork, I think of Kentucky Fried Chicken? Is that And it's only because that's what you always got when you got things to go at Kentucky Fried You always See, got yeah, in the pack. Yeah, because you had to yeah. eat the coleslaw and the booze. Yeah. See, I just think and of... And they were able to do that with one utensil. Yeah, yeah. I just think of elementary school cafeteria plastic, and they always broke. Oh, but it wasn't yeah. a spork. Yeah, it was a spork. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Okay. And they always broke because they were plastic and we were young kids. 
Well, not really knowing how to use utensils yet. <laughs> well, maybe at your school, Ross. I don't know. I didn't have any problems. Anyway. I think I'm old enough that we had metal. Ah. Yeah. Oh, we you did, know, too. When, when I went to elementary school, we, we actually got real flatware. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We always I did, too. I think we yeah, did. Yeah. All right. If you could be a cartoon character for a week, who would you want to be? If I could be a cartoon character for a week, who would I want to be? I like bugs. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just like bugs. I kind of grew up with them. And either oh. that or what is it? Uh, who's the bird that's opposite Wiley Coyote? Roadrunner? Roadrunner. Yeah, that would be the other one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. He's kind of a bully. But I've never run a day in my life, so <laughs> that's kind of a bit of ironic. Yeah. Gotcha. Love that. All right. If you could shop for free at one store, which one would you choose? Does Amazon count? Sure. Sure. Because <laughs> I can buy everything at Amazon. Right. So. Crazy. I know. It's but wild. There's things that I'm like. like that's a, I yeah. feel like that's a little cop out. So <laughs> I'm going to say out of respect for the woman I'm related to by marriage that we love the store we call the promised land, which is Ikea. Yeah. Nice. Ah, that's nice. a good one, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Sometimes I think there's no way Amazon's going to have that. And I'll Google it and I'll be like, holy crap. Yeah. 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 I can't even think of what that is now, but there's things that I'm just like. So many things. There's no way. All right. What group of kids would you want to hang out with more? The kids from E.T., Goonies, Stand By Me, The Sandlot, Stranger Things, or The Little Rascals? Oh, 100% The Little Rascals. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Yeah, 100%. I'm just, uh, there's a mischief streak in me, especially when I was young. That is very much what they were about. Uh And, you know, I'm definitely guilty of setting up a ladder to sneak out of my house late at night and going <laughs> off and playing with my friends. And so, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm a little rascal for sure. Nice. Excellent. All right. Who would play you in a movie of your life? The celebrity people kind of accuse me of being closest to is John Candy. And uh, hmm. I, I don't actually think that's true based on how I look now, but 20 years ago, I was about 60 pounds heavier and had a lot less facial hair and well, it was a pretty good look, so I think he would be a good person to start with. All right. Oh, yeah. Nice. No, that's not a bad choice. No. Yeah. All right, let's end with some rapid fire. Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi, 100%. I'm a member of the new generation. Woohoo! <laughs> Chuck's happy. Should we just stop there? Yeah. Can we stop there? Yep. Thanks yep. for coming yep. on. Yep. No. All right, do a few I'll more. send you my phone number. <laughs> a few more. All right, smoother, crunchy peanut butter. I'm a crunchy guy. You know, but I have three dogs that eat peanut butter in their Kong toys and they need smooth. So we, I don't get my choice in this house. All right. I really think we should stop now, but we can't. Let's, <laughs> that's two for two. All right. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Woohoo. Three for three. And I'm, into, I'm into some of these like out of the box kind of waffles. Like for my Super Bowl party a couple of years ago, I did the tater tot waffle as a something to eat. And oh my God, those things are insane. Really? And I just saw one the other day that I want to try, which is a rice waffle, where you just take rice and put it in your waffle iron. Oh, yes. I've seen. I haven't tried it, but I've seen it. Yeah. But I almost wanted to say, stop talking, sir. We're doing good. Because I'd never heard of this other (laughs) thing. But no, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you put your sushi on there, and it's like crispy. Okay, now we need to move on. Okay, no. We'll put our chicken teriyaki (laughs) on there, Chuck. Excellent. Yeah, there you go. That'll work. Yep. (laughs) All right, last one, Roxy. All right, Uranus jokes. Not funny or never not funny? Never not funny. There cannot be enough Uranus jokes. All right. (laughs) I love it. All right, we did really well there. We did very well. Really excellent job on the rapid fire questions. Yes. Probably the best (laughs) we've ever had on the Loyal Littles podcast. I'm wiping the sweat off my brow now. (laughs) 
All right. Well, Toby, we can't thank you enough for coming on to Meet the Littles. Is there anything we can plug for you? And how can people reach out to you if you want to be gotten in touch with? I do have something I'd love to talk about a little bit in that regard. I volunteer for an outfit that, uh, that surfaced during the pandemic called Lasagna Love. Basically what it is, at that time, at the beginning of the pandemic, when a lot of people were losing their jobs or a lot of people were finding their hours cut, they were you know, needing a meal put on their, on their plate. And somebody realized that if we partnered with some cooks or some chefs, as they call them, and asked them to make meals lasagnas for these people that had lost their jobs or that were in need of a free meal, we could make a good connection there. And uh, it's since grown into this enormous organization. It's all over the country. It's actually in three countries now and serves something crazy like 450,000 families with lasagnas and over 1.5 million people mouths fed. So for those people who are so inclined, you can support that in one of three ways. You can Go on their website, lasagnalove.org, and become a chef. And uh, you can do it once ever. You can do it once a month. You can do it every week, you know, whatever you want. It has a very sophisticated volunteer portal that allows you to really control how much you do and control if you want to take a vacation and things like that. So it's really good. Or you can donate money. Um, You can do that also through their website. Or if you're local in the D.C. area or uh, anywhere, you can get in touch with the regional people and you can donate supplies. You know, I'm always looking for lasagna noodles or foil trays or tomato sauce and cans, you know, so you can actually support that way. And I'm one of those people who believes that everybody in the world wants to help. It's just that they need to find the way that they can help that matches their lives. And Mm -hmm. this organization is one that connected with me and that I, I think could connect with other people. So it's lasagna love. Org. And yeah, if you want more information, you could certainly reach out to me and I'll, I'll give you all the scuttlebutt. I'm Toby Clark just about everywhere. So you can find me on Instagram or you can find me on Facebook or uh, on Twitter with that name. All right. Well, thank you so much again. And as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? Adaptable. Ooh. Whoa. I'm adaptable and didn't really care until I got married, at which point... I learned that to keep a happy marriage, it has to be over. (laughs) (laughs) Happy wife, happy life. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a shame, though, because we were doing so well on the rapid fire, and now he's adaptable. I don't know. I like it. (laughs) Although it's funny because you think happy wife, happy life. I grew up as an under, but when I met Chuck, he is such a diehard over that I accommodated to him. Okay, I'm, so oh, happy I'm not, hubby, happy. I'm not. I'm gonna wait to say what I was gonna say <laughs> till we get off air. We have to get oh. out of here. All right. Well, Toby, we can't thank you enough for coming on to meet the littles. We really appreciate the time. Hey, great. Thank you both very much. And just in closing, I'd love to say thank you both for giving so many littles a chance to be in the spotlight and a chance to have their moment of fandom and their moment of fame. It's just such a great podcast you do, and I love listening to it every time you post it. Thank you. Thank you so much. You already got on the podcast. You don't have to suck up to us now. (laughs) (laughs) No, we We do really really appreciate it. it. We really do. All right, all you loyal listeners. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Wayne Hickenbottom in Austin, Texas, and you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast, and thank you, Toby, once again for coming on to meet the Littles. I swear, we almost nailed those rapid-fire questions. That was unbelievable. Yeah, right? 
now. And of course, you know, so much in common. That was a lot of fun to go down, you know, a little memory lane there with some of the theater talk and stuff like that. Oh, sure. Um, but now we have to get to our emails. And yes. a lot of these pertain to our last episode. And, you know, this great gift, which we're going to get into something like that again <laughs> in a second. Boy. Uh, but because we got our box of that from Ed Lockett and Ed Butt wrote in Ed Butt 75, comma, 51, as he puts it. <laughs> he says, when I played APBA baseball back in the 50s, that's right, in the 1950s, I pronounced it as an initialism, APBA, and mm. not APBA. I absolutely love that game, and I haven't thought about it for over 60 years. Thank wow. you for the blast from the past. Oh, that's great. How cool is that, right? APBA. Yes. Okay. Love it. Now, speaking of boxes of that, you have the next one, right? Yes. This is from Eric Londrigan, episode four. He says, wish I had known you were headed to Harpoon. You mean Harpoon. Is that how sure, I say it? Sure, that. Harpoon. <laughs> All right. Harpoon. That's my old work neighborhood. I could have given you tips. Yankee Lobster is around the corner. It's an underrated gem and much better than pretzel dip. Ooh. Okay. Now, wait a minute. Uh, hold. Just wait one cotton pick a minute here. I know. Hold the phone. <laughs> that pretzel dip was pretty good. It was really good. All right. So, and, you know, we're not really seafood people, but I do like a really good New England clam chowder. So, yeah, maybe we should have went a little early to Yankee Lobster and yeah, got some chowder. Yeah, that was good, Chuck. Your chowder. Chowder. Yeah. Here's the thing. We... Sh I I don't know. There's so many people out there that we could have gotten in touch with now, and I feel bad. But we we also didn't really have any time w right. over the weekend because we were doing wedding festivities and whatnot. Right. I think the littles are just so used to crashing weddings now, though, that they just... Anyway. <laughs> they just... I know. <laughs> now, we have to get into this, okay? Speaking of boxes of that, the other day I was heading out... Where was I heading out? To a game? Yeah, you were umpiring? Yeah, I was on my way out to somewhere, and there was a box waiting for us downstairs. And this was hilarious because we, I bring it back upstairs, I open the box, and I see what's in it. But th I look at, there's a no note, there's no return address, there's no... All I can see is that it looks like it came from the UK. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, what the heck is this? So I open it, and, and what are they called again, Roxy? They're called walkers. Ah, walkers. Okay, so basically, they look like Lay's potato chips, essentially, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. but they're called walkers. I'm going to say walkers. 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 <laughs> Uh, walkers. But they are some of the craziest flavors I've ever heard of. Now, I get that they're going yeah. with the meaty. Uh, I, the, on the packing slip, it just said the meaty. What, what's it say on the box? Do you know? It says meaty 20 pack. Meaty. That's just called the meaty 20 pack. Okay. Yeah. But, so mm -hmm. read off, Roxy, because you have them there. What are some of these flavors? Roasted chicken. Mm -hmm. Smoky bacon. Prawn cocktail. <laughs> And cheese and onion. Now, cheese and onion isn't really meat, so... That's true. That's a good point. They, sh they could have said, like, savory. Yeah. Okay. They could have so, used the word savory so instead of Let's go meaty. back, because Chuck here got to try a few of them before he left. Now, uh -huh. I tried the cheesy... What, what the, what's that one? The cheese and onion. Yeah. That one's very good. They were fine. That, that reminded me of the cheddar flavor chips that are out there in America. Okay. Yeah. Now, this chicken one I also tried. Now... Here's the thing. We opened uh, it and we smelled it. And I was uh, like, uh, and uh, but I was like, I got to try it. So I tried it. Now I will say it doesn't taste like it smells. So that's a good thing because the smell was kind of right. like it just tasted like chicken and it freaked us out. 
You almost didn't even want to try them. They grew yeah. on me. They were fine. I wouldn't say I love them, but they were fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they smell more than they taste. Yeah. And so that's all I've had. Now, did you try any of the other ones? I honestly completely forgot about them. Oh, so okay. No. Good, good, good. I don't know what prawn is. That yeah, kind of freaks me that out. That freaks me out. I think uh, I'm going to like the bacon. bacon. might be good. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm going to like the bacon. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the prawn I one. Mean, bacon with anything is good. Yeah. So, anyway, let's get to the point of this. This box of that was brought to you by, like I said, I had no idea who it was from. There was nothing in the packing slip, nothing, you know, to give us an yeah. inkling. I actually thought maybe Simon got them, or I thought maybe the company heard us talking about them, like the uh, digestives and things like that. Mm-hmm. No. How about episode four? Eric Londrigan. Eric. I mean, that was so sweet. He sent me a little text, and he said, said hey, listen, a box was delivered to you, and because he had it on his phone, like he, he uh-huh. got confirmation that it was delivered. And I was like, holy crap, that was you? That was so nice. So, yeah, um, so he wants us, we're going to share them with Simon, of course. And, you know, maybe some yes, of the other definitely. third wheels if they ever come over again. But, you know, we'll see how I, it goes. Yeah. I do want to just make a little note here. Their motto, Walker's motto, seems to be, because this is right on the packaging, some see potatoes, we see potential. Oh. Right? Yeah, I, I did not see that. Some see potatoes, we see potential. Nice. Okay. Excellent. But seriously, thank you, Eric. That was really sweet. And I know Simon's going to love them. He he Mm -hmm. had rehearsal the other day. I was like, get over here right now. He's like, I'm in rehearsal. I was like, (laughs) but anyway, all right. So let's get to some of these other emails. Uh, We heard from Bobby Gottfried. Now I corrected myself immediately. I said, die. He he writes die equals singular dice equals plural. You add one die, you add two or more dice. I knew that. Also, my turn to correct the record, he says. I went to Duke Law School, but I was at undergrad at WashU in St. Louis when I did the study abroad with Jesse. Mm. Don't lump me in with those Duke undergrads. <laughs> P.S. Episode 178 is totally correct on the Whalers having the best logo ever. The H in the negative space, the W, the whale of it all. <laughs> P.S.S. Nice. Also during... The 2004-2005 NHL lockout, ESPN radio host Eric Caselis promised to play 30 seconds of Brass Bonanza every day until the lockout was resolved. It ended up lasting the entire season, so every day (laughs) at some random time in his show, he'd say, and by the way, hockey is still on lockout, and then immediately play Brass Bonanza. Nice. All right, now, Mm -hmm. this is one of my favorite ones. We heard from Brian Moeller, episode 167, and he literally just says, Lala is the ultimate earworm for sitting on the beach. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I knew Roxy would love that one. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) All right. Now we get to some confusion. Okay. Okay. We we heard from Tim Cree, episode 107, multiple times. Okay. Okay. Now you have the first one, right? Yes, I do. He says, my wife says using the bidet in someone's personal house is off limits. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Uh And I'm wondering why? Because, you know, like I think it was Lee Gordon last episode said, you know, you're using the toilet, you're using the sink, you're using everything else. Why would the bidet be off limits? Okay. Mm -hmm. But then we heard from Tim Cree again, and it says one. Just to ask, while listening to episode 245, if you won't use a friend's bidet, why would you be willing to use their toilet? What's the difference? I can see using both or using neither, but not an only one situation. Okay? So all I can think is, well, you better talk to your wife. 
Right. right. Then he writes, <laughs> B, Roxy mentioned someone who got married as her longest friend, quote unquote. Does yep. that mean she is super tall? <laughs> Please include units of measure, inches or years. You got to be specific. If someone described me as their long friend, I think I would give them the skunk eye. In years. years. In years. Okay. Now, this is really upsetting. Uh-oh. He writes, Roman numeral four. What? Don't yell Farkle at someone. You're going to get slapped. <laughs> like just randomly out in the real world? Or I guess. Like when you're actually I playing have no Farkle? Idea. I have no idea. <laughs> All right, then we heard a, another time, a separate e- another separate email. He says, did okay. you guys say Roxy has played that role in Singing in the Rain? Uh-huh. He wrote, man, Sid C., she was a woman made out of legs. She sure was. <laughs> she had very, very, very long legs. And she had the longest legs. <laughs> and in that unit of measure, I'm meaning inches. <laughs> yes, or feet, whichever. Yeah, whichever, right. Uh, then he says... And I love the Gene Hagen impression. I can do that and quote it all the time, too. She earned yep. that Oscar nomination. She sure did. Yeah. She sure did. But and you... I can't stand him. Yeah, Roxy, we should really watch that movie again soon. It's been a oh, while. Please, yeah. please. I love it so much. All right. And then let's get to the... We have one more, right? Yes, we have one more from a TV deer. Bill Scoot... Okay. Ah. <laughs> Thanks, Chuck. Well, I wasn't going to read it. Here are my thoughts. Goodyear, Goodyear, or Scooter? No, I'm going to say Scootier. Yeah. And spoiler alert, he's coming on soon. So Yes. Yep. Yes, we will find this out very soon. Absolutely. Anyway, Bill says, Chuck and Roxy, I was thrilled to hear you read my email during episode 244. The little who noted that Duluth also ends in an H was correct that the Pittsburgh rule only applies to towns ending in Berg. Since I am a recently retired social studies teacher, I rarely fail to pass up the opportunity to relay information for life. In 1890, the United States Board of Geographic Names established 13 guidelines to eliminate confusion surrounding place names. Dropping the H at the end of all cities and towns ending in Berg was one of the 13. Pittsburgh, somewhat reluctantly, adhered to the guideline. Sidebar, the famous Honus Wagner T206 baseball card reads, Pittsburgh without the H on the front of the uniform. Finally, in 1911, the citizens of Pittsburgh convinced the board to allow their city to be the exception to the rule. Hence, today's Pittsburgh ends in with an H. I hope you still have listeners by the end of this email. Have a great remainder of the summer. (laughs) Bill, we will find out how to pronounce your last name soon. So we're just calling Bill S. Bill S. Wow, that is so interesting because I that's fascinating. Obviously, seen many pictures of that baseball card. Yeah. And never even really noticed that. All right. Well, as always, Littles, thank you for the information for life. We really appreciate those. So keep those coming always. in. We got a few more captions, Roxy, for our Ooh. caption contest. Those are going well. So keep those coming in. We're going to do that to the end of the month. You've got still yes. time, but get them in. Yes. Miles will start yep. now, and we'll read yes. some of them, and then we'll. Narrow it down and pick a winner, and you'll get a nice yes. mediocre surprise. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll have some chips in there. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe this prawn cocktail. <laughs> Roxy doesn't want the pr- We got to at least try them, Roxy. What is prawn? <laughs> well, isn't that like, yeah, I think it's like some kind of shrimp type thing. Like, 
Yeah, like shrimp cocktail. Why don't you just say shrimp? What's or prawn? Or just call it shrimp cocktail potato chips. Yeah. Or something. Not prawn. Anyway, we, we got to at least try it. But yeah, we're not into okay. that fishy stuff. But anyway, <laughs> all right, Roxy. Well, we got to get out of here. Tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. Go to our website, loyallittlespod.com. Everything you need is right over there. And don't forget, if you do listen to us on iTunes and Apple Music, please, please, please give us a nice rate and review over there. We really appreciate it, and it really does help. Uh, Roxy, I got to be honest. I feel out of sorts like this. It's it's weird. We haven't done this in a long time. I hate time. it. We've done this Come since home. I was out in January in Soldier's Play. Come home. <laughs> I'll be there soon. I'll be there tomorrow. So hopefully our next episode will be back in person so we can see each other. It makes yes. it so much easier. This is weird. It does. But uh, we're, you know, we're plugging along. But if I'm going to... Hey, yeah. We'll, we'll make practice. it work. We'll practice. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Loyal Littles podcast. And remember, if you need a book... Go to aaronsbooks.com. And in the comments section at checkout, the most important thing is don't forget to... Use the code. Don't be a dope. LLPOD. That's the code. LLPOD. Bye. I think the fork is a pretty darn good invention.
podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Eau Claire. Oh, yeah.